Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sheila Shoiga, and this is Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort, or simply entertain you. In my first episode of 2023, I speak to author, musician, and wellness guru, Dr. Joe Vitale. But in my experience, life is a co-creation. You have something to do. You do your part and the universe, whatever you want to call the universe, the cosmos, source, whatever. Napoleon Hill called it infinite intelligence. Infinite intelligence does its part when you do your part. And it's that dance of energies that actually creates and attracts and achieves the very thing you want. It's not as simple as just sitting in a chair. I mentioned I wanted to be an author even when I was homeless. If I only visualized it, talked about it, thought nice thoughts about it, but never went to the typewriter back then, you would not know me as an author today. I had to get up, sit down and start typing at a typewriter then, at a computer today. You must, must, must take action on top of all the wonderful things that The Secret told us. Joe is one of the world's best-known personal development experts, and he was also one of the main contributors on the hit movie, The Secret. He's written over 80 books, and in this conversation, he talks about the law of attraction and how important taking action is to achieve our goals, the beliefs we have about ourselves and how they impact us in our lives, And he also gives great advice on how best to navigate challenging times as well. Here it is. 
So you will shortly be making the journey to Ireland. Have you been here before? No, I'm very excited. I've never been to Ireland. I have friends there. I have clients there. The man who does does my social media video posts lives in Ireland. I've never okay. met him. I've never met some of my clients and I've never been to Ireland. Finally, finally, I get to come. But I'm coming to do an event that's very important and I'm prepping for that event. I'm speaking twice at that event. And I really want to focus on giving the crowds the the juice and the information and the inspiration they deserve. Okay, and the event is a top leadership and self-empowerment event that happens in mm-hmm. Dublin. It's uh, it's back again in the convention center on the 25th and 26th of January. It's called the Pendulum Summit. You are going to be speaking on both days, I believe. So those who have bought tickets will get to to absorb your knowledge, not just on the first day, but also on the second. So they're in for a treat. This is a big deal. I haven't been traveling for the last couple of years because of the pandemic. I was traveling all over the world and all of a sudden it came to a halt. So for me to go to Ireland, first of all, is a big deal. This is the first time I'm out of the country in a couple of years. And then second of all, I'm not only going to be on stage, but I'm going to be on stage twice. These people behind the event are pretty good negotiators. They got me to agree to speak twice. Even I can't believe it, but here we go. If you didn't hear me the first day, or if you like the first day, there's another day where I'll be coming back on stage on two completely different topics. So it's an exciting time. Oh, I have breakthrough information. I mean this very literally. I'm constantly growing. I'm constantly stretching. I'm constantly testing and coming up with new systems and insights and breakthrough methodologies that work. And I'm going to be sharing one on day one about the law of attraction, the secret, what's missing in people's understanding on how to actually achieve their goals. There's some certain principles that most people don't know. And on the second day, I'm going to be sharing with people one of the most miraculous, miracle-making philosophies that is incredibly practical that will probably transform everybody in the room. I mean, this is a big deal, and I mean this right from my heart. I don't go and just flippantly talk about the the news. I go over there and talk about what actually works in the real world today, and I'm going to do it on both days. These are big statements, Joe. They're the truth. Yeah. Can't give you nothing but the truth. Okay. That's what we're doing. I'm coming from my heart and I'm coming to Ireland to share it. You know, we've all been suffering. We're all wounded because of the pandemic. We're all concerned about the future. We have some instability about the future. We don't really know what's going to happen. And a lot of us are coming from fear and concern and worry. And I understand it. I've been there myself. I went through a divorce over the last couple of years and then and the deaths of my parents and the pandemic itself and a change of my my income and all of these different things. And yet I know ways to create a future that is better for all of us, that is more prosperous for all of us, more abundant for all of us, that is healthier for all of us, that is happier for all of us. And that's what I've learned. That's what I've applied. And that's what I'm bringing. Some people listening, as you said right now, because of the last few years and how draining they've been on on energy levels in terms of on every level be it emotional physical mental financial whatever it is people might listen to you think that's that's all great i i love it it's it sounds fantastic but it's a bit of a fairy tale from where i'm at now and i think it would be lovely 
for people to get a sense of you're speaking from a place of experience. You're someone who at one stage in your life didn't have a home. Well, yes, I was homeless and I was in poverty for 10 years and I I fell into it while chasing a dream. I didn't fall into homelessness because of addictions to drugs or alcohols or anything like that. I fell into it because I was chasing a dream, counting on that dream coming true, and a lot of things didn't happen. And before you knew it, I was broke. Before you knew it, I was homeless. People often said, what kind of car did you live in? And I'm like, I didn't have a car. A car would have been nice. I was on the streets. I lived in the public library in Dallas, Texas, because it had air conditioning and water and a bathroom, and it had books. And how did I get there? It's I really wanted to be an author, and I quit the jobs I had. I I went to Texas when it was booming, and you can get all kind of labor jobs, and a lot of them didn't pan out. And a lot of the things I counted on and the people I counted on, they, they didn't come through. So very quickly, I'm despondent, I'm broke, I'm starving, and I'm literally on the streets. How does a man go from homeless to living the lifestyle of the rich and famous that I do now, almost seven decades later, you do that by following your dream. You do that by persistence. You do that by constantly working on your mindset. You do that by constantly improving yourself, growing, learning new techniques, applying those two new techniques. You do it also by gathering people around you who almost believe in you more than you believe in yourself. All of those elements come into play. People today are far luckier. When I was homeless, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have these events, or at least if they were going on, I knew nothing about them and I had no money to attend them anyway. Mm -hmm. And coaching was only little league coaching and football coaching. We didn't have personal development coaching. Again, if there were out there, I didn't know about it and I couldn't have afforded them. So the short answer is I then and even today have constantly worked on improving myself, myself and my surroundings. And I think that's the ticket. You mentioned fairy tale there. They all seem like fairy tales in the beginning. Nobody starts out with the, the happy ending. They move to the happy ending, starting with some sort of uncomfortable circumstance, uh, homelessness, aloneness, desperation, poor health, lost their job, lost their relationship, lost part of their health, any number of things. That's where the fairy tale begins. When we apply all the things that we learn, when you apply all of these things, now you begin to create the reality that other people might say is a fairy tale, but it actually becomes your reality. Mm. So, I mean, I can talk about this forever, but I got here by persistence. Yeah. I mean, the fairy tale thing is, it's, I, the reason I, I, I said that is that I think when you want something so desperately and you're operating from that place of, of need, I need this. Mm -hmm. I suppose your it's all about your energetics, what vibration you're sending out, and that you know when you desire something so much, perhaps you're actually pushing it further away. Um, do you think that we need to be at rock bottom 
to activate real change. No, you do not. That's that's one of those myths that are out there. Certainly, there have been a number of people, too many people, who did hit rock bottom and then looked around and said, oh, maybe I should do something different. But what we're supposed to do is learn from their mistakes. <laughs> okay. We learn from the people who already hit rock bottom. You don't have to hit rock bottom. Look at somebody else who hit rock bottom and turned around. Then you say to yourself, oh, I better change now before I hit rock bottom. I am a guy who reads a tremendous amount of books and I read a lot of biographies. And what you discover is that you can learn from their blood, sweat, and tears. You don't have to go through a dark night. You don't have to hit bottom. You don't have to struggle. If you go and learn from the people who did hit rock bottom, who did struggle, who did go through the dark night. You learn from their mistakes and you don't have to go get bloody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love that. Um, okay. So we, obviously a lot of people listening know you as one of the many stars of the global phenomenon that was The Secret. And while it still has millions of fans worldwide, uh, there are those who are a little bit more critical of it in the sense of its simplicity and this is where I think you speak a lot about the the add-on to the law of attraction and the bit that perhaps wasn't perhaps explored in detail within the time frame of the movie um because there were a lot of people I suppose who watched it and thought I'm just going to think of all this money I'm going to have right. and I'm going to click my fingers and it's going to happen. I'm going to think about that relationship right. I want to be in and it's going to happen. Whereas you speak a lot about the action bit, the actual work yes. bit that is required. Um, and I'd love if you could talk some more about that now for us. Of course. I am really tired of people criticizing the movie The Secret by saying it was simplistic or it was just giving you a magic trick and misleading you by saying, oh, just sit in a chair and visualize what you want and you'll get it. I'm sick of it because it's only a movie, for God's sake. It was a movie, a film, to introduce and only introduce a principle. It was not the be-all and end-all. It was not a graduate course. It did not tell you everything you needed to, do, to know. All it told you was, hey, there's something called the law of attraction. That was the basic message of the movie. And it said, hey, if you can watch how you think and watch how you use your mind, you can actually start to attract what you want in your life. That's wonderful. That is the great news. The movie itself was not designed to tell everybody they need to know. One of the criticisms I've heard about the movie is that it didn't talk about taking action. And that sends me through the roof because I'm the very guy in the movie who says you must take action. <laughs> I even say it's your job. And a lot of people watch the movie and they fog out. It's like, oh, we didn't see that part because they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear it because they don't want to take action. They do want the fantasy of sitting in a chair and visualizing and meditating and having the doorbell ring and there's their car or the love of their life or a sack of money. And, you know, that actually can happen and sometimes does happen. But in my experience, life is a co-creation. You have something to do. You do your part and the universe, whatever you want to call the universe, the cosmos, source, whatever. Napoleon Hill called it infinite intelligence. 
infinite intelligence does it part its part when you do your part and it's that dance of energies that actually creates and attracts and achieves the very thing you want it's not as simple as just sitting in a chair i mentioned i wanted to be an author even when i was homeless if i only visualized it talked about it thought nice thoughts about it but never went to the typewriter back then you would not know me as an author today i had to get up, sit down, and start typing at a typewriter then, at a computer today. You must, must, must take action on top of all the wonderful things that The Secret told us. And the taking action it requires sometimes changing how we think about something. Is that is this something I, I also hear you speak about a lot, which is our own personal belief systems and often how negatively programmed they can be and how we have to change that. And that's, that's big work, isn't it? That's huge. That's our big undertaking. I think we're all here to awaken. And what we're awakening to is our superpowers that are inside of us. We don't know them. We don't see them. We don't use them and we don't believe them because of our mental paradigm. Our mental paradigm is our belief system. We have grown up, almost everybody, I've not been to Ireland, but I've been to enough countries to know there's the, some shared cultural beliefs. And we don't believe that it's possible for us. A lot of people listening to this particular show might say, oh, that works for Dr. Joe, that works for the other speakers at the Pendulum Summit, but that doesn't work for me. That's because of their belief system. Their belief system is saying it works for everybody else. It doesn't work for me. They might even go to the extent of saying it's all bogus. None of this stuff works for anybody. It's all just make-believe. We're just telling stories. None of them are even true. All of that is coming from our beliefs. We were raised to believe in scarcity. We were raised to believe in lack and limitation. We were raised to believe in struggle. We were raised to believe in this limited world by people who were in turn raised to believe in lack, limitation, and struggle. I've often got on stages and I said, hey, were your parents Mr. and Mrs. Buddha? Almost everybody will go, no, our parents had our limitations. They had shortcomings. They struggled. You inherited their limitations. And depending on your, your culture, your country, the media you've listened to, all of the school system education, you were probably programmed to think small, be small, and focus on survival. That's fine in terms of just surviving. Mm. But if you want to thrive and you want to prosper and you want to achieve great things and be a leader who does make a dent in the world, then what you have to do is actually change your beliefs. Mm -hmm. That is our work. But I think that's, that's key. What you've highlighted is the most important thing we need to do. It makes me think of um, the two words that can sometimes be the most, not, not necessarily dangerous, but we say, I know. I know we might you're like we're we're perhaps listening to you speak now and we're like what Joe was saying I've heard this before I know this but there's one thing knowing it and then there's another thing doing it we may know the basic principle that we need to change our beliefs but my greater point and this is what I would want everybody to get is you don't know your limiting beliefs mm. you're living from them you think the world you see outside of us is objective reality. It is not. 
It is your version of reality. You're seeing a reality, I'll put in quotation marks, based on your belief system, based on your upbringing. When you change your beliefs about reality, your reality changes. Go back to when I was homeless back in the 1970s. When I looked out into the world, it was scary, it was limited, it was scarce, and I was angry. Today, I'm approaching 70 years old. I look out into the world and I see abundance, I see prosperity, I see opportunities. What changed? It's the same freaking world. It's the same world. What changed is Joe. Joe and his perceptions, how I look out of my brain through my eyes and what I see out into the world is completely different. But the only thing that actually changed were my beliefs. Life is an optical illusion. Life is an optical illusion. You don't get reality. You get your perception of it. Somebody else could be looking at the very same thing, and one person will go, well, there's no lack and there's no opportunities here, and the other person could look out because of their mindset. They can go, look at all the gold laying in the streets. Look at all the opportunities. Look at all the potential. Look at all the choices. It's the same, it's the same scenery, but the belief system that we take to it creates an optical illusion. We want to awaken to the prosperity that is here. Self-development and learning is an ongoing process. And we're like, we're, we, we know that it, yeah. again, falling into the trap of, we know, but it's something that is a constant until we take our last breath in this world. I've how heard long... the phrase, there is no finish. There's no finish line. There's yeah. no finish line. You just keep, I'm, like I mentioned earlier, I'm still growing. I'm still, you know, reading and thinking and meditating and exploring and testing and experimenting. There's no finish line. I'm still stretching too. And when I share this material, people have ahas. They have awakenings right there in their seat. Speaking of aha moments, um, what have been the standout ones for you in your life? That's a great question. There have been numerous ones. I'll, I'll tell you a key moment that got me out of homelessness. It was when I realized with a very shake to my core that I was creating homelessness unconsciously. And when I considered that I was creating it unconsciously, I had to look at why. Why would I have a belief about being homeless? And here was the belief. I believed that I had to struggle in the most dramatic way in order to earn my place as a published esteemed author. Why did I have that belief? Because I had studied authors like in America, Jack London and Ernest Hemingway are, are American giants of American mm -hmm. literature, but they were also incredibly self-destructive. Both of them ended as suicides, and Jack London was dead by the time he was 40 years old, even though he was world famous and wrote 50-some books. A part of me thought, oh, I want to be as great as Jack London and Ernest Hemingway, and apparently in order to do it, I got to go and have a miserable life. One way to be miserable is to get into homelessness. I had to do the soul-searching to realize, oh my God, there was an unconscious belief in me creating that reality. By extension, I thought, well, can't I find authors who are happy and healthy and productive and prosperous, and then I can model them? And when I did, when I made the shift to looking for authors that were more admirable, 
in terms of their lifestyle. Then I started to, to do better. I started to get published, started to get out of homelessness, started to have a bit of an easier route. So I would say the wake up to that operating belief was an absolute turning point. And as I say it, I want everybody listening to reflect over their lives. I want them to look at their current situation and say to themselves, what is my current problem? Because usually it's a reoccurring problem. They always have a money problem. They always have a health problem. They always have a relationship problem. There's usually something for each person, different for each person. And what I am, I guess, in people's face to say is you have an operating belief in your subconscious mind creating it. Mm-hmm. When you unearth that unconscious belief, like I did, and you look at it and you can question whether you want to continue believing it or even ask, is there another belief that's better than that one, more empowering than that one? You can begin to break that problem, have it dissolve, disappear and go away. That was one of my big breakthroughs. Do you want to hear mm-hmm. another one? I'd love to. Yeah. Another one was about gratitude. And everybody here has heard about gratitude. Oh, you need to be thankful. You need to say great, uh, great things and be grateful for what's going on in your life. Yeah, I heard that too when I was in poverty and I hated it. I hated it because I would say, oh, I'll be grateful when I have something to be grateful for. I'll be grateful when I'm published, when I'm known, when I have money, when I have a car, when I have a relationship, fill in the blank. I'll be grateful then. And I kept hearing, nope, that's not how it works. You have to be grateful first. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's that's the game, huh? And I remember I picked up a pencil and I looked at the pencil and I was not grateful. I was angry and I was flippant and I was bitter. And I said, OK, I'm grateful for this pencil. With this pencil, I can write a suicide note and I can write a grocery list. And I just flippantly came up with things, not feeling grateful at all. But I kept doing it. And with this pencil, I can write a a love poem. I can write a song, I can write a manifesto, I can write a movie script, I can write the great American novel. And suddenly I started to change. Suddenly I thought, oh, wait, I can write all kinds of things with this pencil. I can write letters, I can, I can write scripts. This is all before the internet and word processing and all that. With this pencil, I can actually move the world. And then I turned it over and I saw the eraser and I went, oh, that's genius. Now I can erase the suicide note. I can adjust and edit my poem, my song, my novel. And and every time I tell the story, even now, my energy goes up. I feel happier. And in that moment, back then, it was a turning point because I Mm -hmm. genuinely felt grateful. And what I point out to people is I still wasn't published. I still wasn't known. I was still broke. I was still alone. But something inside me changed. I genuinely felt gratitude, all because of a number two wooden yellow pencil with a piece of rubber at the other end of it. It's really a a twig with lead in it. And when I genuinely felt grateful for it, my whole life began to change. I looked out into the world that always looked dark and threatening, and suddenly it it was like the blinds were open and the windows were open and the sunshine was coming in. The sunshine was actually coming out of me because of gratitude. Yeah. That was another biggie in my life right there. Was that starting with, you know, I suppose that kind of idea of you fake it till you make it in the beginning? Well, that was definitely a fake it till you make it because I was not feeling grateful when I picked up that pencil. I was flippant. I was bitter. It's like, this is nonsense. This is BS. 
you know, pick up a mm. pencil and be grateful. No way. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey. One of the things that really resonates for me is this idea that when we're speaking to ourselves, Quietly or aloud, whether it is said in jest or in seriousness, regardless of what it is, our subconscious mind is absorbing it as truth. So whether we're being sarcastic or saying something positive, but saying it in a kind of a jokey way, our brain will will absorb it as as this is my reality. So being aware. So I suppose when you were even saying that, yeah, I'm grateful for this and you were saying it in a sarcastic way, you're you were you were convincing yourself that you were grateful and then the change the change happened that is such a powerful thing for us to i suppose be aware that we can catch ourselves in the moment when we're saying something and maybe switch up how we speak to ourselves that's actually a million dollar tip because what we're telling ourselves is programming ourselves and most of us don't know it we are bad mouthing ourselves worse than our enemies or uh, somebody else might say we, we're being the cruelest to ourselves in some of the things we say, and we want to stop that. There's a rule of thumb that basically says whatever you say after the words I am will become your reality. Hmm. So if somebody's sitting around going, boy, I'm making mistakes all the time. I'm really stupid. You are programming yourself to be that. Your brain is not judging what you're saying. Your brain is accepting what you're saying. It's absorbing it. So a wake up for everybody listening right now is to look at your self-talk. Most of us have a devil inside of us. It is the thing that is cursing us. It is the thing that is critical of us, skeptical of us, negative about us. And most of us have been listening to it since early on. What I learned, this is another one of the discoveries I had along the way, is that I could create an alternative voice. I could create a cheerleader in my mind. The voice that says, you can do it, Joe. What if this works out, Joe? What if this is the opportunity of a lifetime? What if you try? What if you just go and take action? 
What if what you're reading, what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you're planning, what you blah, 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 are all going to happen because you are deserving of it? The cheerleader will urge me on. The voice of criticism will stop me. The voice of criticism that says things like, well, you're not talented enough, you're not young enough, old enough, rich enough, whatever. You can go on with all the not enoughs. It'll stop you in your track. You won't take any action. You won't open your business. You won't try. You won't make the calls. You won't send out emails. You won't do whatever you know to do. But you can create the cheerleader. From a spiritual standpoint, and I often talk about this, is that you have to awaken to the reality that you're not your thoughts. You're not your thoughts. You have thoughts, but you're not your thoughts. And so if you can realize, wait a minute, I have thoughts, so I'm not my thoughts, that means I don't have to listen to the bad guy voice or the bad girl voice, whatever it is, because that's not me. It also means you can create an alternative voice because you're the one creating voices and listening to voices. So create an alternative voice that's a cheerleader and listen to it. That was a turning point for me, and I think that could be a massive turning point for anybody who just heard us. Yes, for sure, for sure. Because when we're in that negative way of thinking, we can often feel like we are the victim and that everybody is against us. Mm. Um, and yeah, and well, our energy is down, our momentum is down, our optimism is down, our ability to take action is down. It just it collapses all of our pop- possibilities. When we listen to that voice of criticism, we don't go anywhere except maybe into depression and discouragement. And I'm all about getting people to rise up and go for and achieve their dreams. I'm wearing a T-shirt. You probably can't see it, but the T-shirt says mindset is everything. Hmm. Mindset is everything. So if people are listening to the voice of doom, their mindset is saying, hey, it's not going to work out and they're not going to do anything. They're listening to the voice of cheerleading and saying, hey, this could work out. Now you're going to get up and take action. Yes. Mindset is everything. I'm reminded of a time in my life when, uh, you know, things were, were difficult. I had a lot happening at once and I was feeling really sorry for myself. Just want to kind of pull the, the duvet over my head and, you know, mm. ask why, why poor me? Why is this happening? Not necessarily blame other people, but I was just feeling really, really sorry for myself. And I realized, obviously, in time that that the only person suffering in that equation was me um, and certainly wasn't helping my situation. So through a lot of work um, and a lot of tears and a lot of self-reflection, things started to change. And it wasn't Mm. easy, but I got there and it's a constant work in progress. But for the person who is in that where I was or where you were at one point, what would you say to that person who's listening right now and is just in the thick of it right now? Things aren't going the way they thought they might be. I suppose to help them shift the mindset out of that victim, poor me into one that can actually potentially help them. First of all, I understand. Um, I think we've all gone through those dark nights, dark moments, and in some cases, dark years where we had something to struggle with. And I mentioned going through a divorce. Divorce lasted three years, was agonizing, was traumatic, was emotionally draining, financially draining, exhausting, confusing. I cannot stress how traumatic it was for me. And I'm the guy who was in the secret. I'm considered a self-help spiritual author, blah, 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 all those nice things. And here I am walking through hell, walking through hell. 
enduring it. My father dies. My mother dies. My best friend dies. A family member attempts suicide. And during all of this, I fall in love with a woman who develops a neuro Lyme disease that is on her deathbed, and I'm the one taking care of her. During all of this, the pandemic hits, shuts down my biggest income, which is traveling around the world, being on stages. So I know, I know what it's like to suffer. I definitely do, and I relate to it. The first thing I would say is don't deny your feelings. What you're going through is real. What you're feeling is real. You don't want to wash it aside. You want to make sure that you acknowledge yourself, nurture yourself, take care of yourself, because you're still worthwhile. You still can heal. There is still a future for you. But you don't want to suppress emotions and feelings and sadness, because when you do, you bury them alive. They're still inside and they can fester. They can turn into some sort of wound that doesn't actually heal. So what you're going through, own it. Own it. You are hurting right now. The second thing I would say is when I was going through a divorce, I asked one of the attorneys, I said, you guys do this for a living. This is this is something I don't understand and I can't process. I said, what's the best advice you ever heard on going through chaos like this? And the one attorney thought, and he said, focus on the future. And that would be my next piece of advice. Focus on the future. The sun will rise again. You will get through this, but you can speed it along by focusing on what you want to have, do, or be. These are all elements of the secret, elements of the law of attraction, elements of the work that I talk about. The next thing I would say is don't be afraid to ask for help. I ask for help. I've had mentors. I've had coaches. I've had healers, therapists that when I'm in a pinch or I feel like I can't pull myself out of the muck, I make the call. And I say, I need to talk to somebody. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And the other thing I would say is surround yourself with, with as much positivity as you can. Read the positive books, watch uplifting movies, listen to music that makes you feel good. Notice the people that are around you. If you are with the criticism, naysayers, the people that complain all the time, get out of that circle. Get out of that circle and be with the support group. You can find them on Facebook. You can create them yourself. I don't know the situation in Ireland about going out and meeting people in public, but if the pandemic's lifted enough, you can do that. Go do that. So all of these things, but the real key thing is you got to remind yourself that you are lovable, you are needed, and you have a future awaiting you. You'll get through it. Mm. Thank you for those um, incredible words of of encouragement. And I think will be a huge comfort to somebody who is going through a difficult time right now. Um, how have your family and your friends from your pre-Dr. Joe Vitale days, uh, how did they take to how you've changed, how you've transformed? How has that been transition been <laughs> for you and for them? That, that That's a marvelous question. Um, for me, it's been ecstasy because all I wanted was to be a published author and I managed to create and receive and acquire and attract far, far beyond that. I never thought I would be in movies. I've been in 20 some movies now. I never thought I would be in countries that I feared growing up like Russia and Iran and 
Ukraine and all of those. I mean, geez, I've been there a couple of times on stages there with sold out crowds. It's amazing. I never thought that I'd be a musician. I have 15 albums that I've recorded at this point. I never thought that I'd be an author of so many books. I only wanted to write a couple. I've written over 80 books. Even I say it in amazement because even I'm amazed. It's like, I did what? I've written <laughs> so books. And I've appeared on talk shows like when Larry King had a show I was on twice. I mean, even for me, I'm looking at it going, wait a minute, I was the guy who was homeless. I was homeless. Who could who could imagine if you were homeless that you're going to be on Larry King telling people how to live their lives or going to Ireland to go on stage twice to help the the wonderful people there. So for me, I'm I'm just beaming. For my family, I think they're still confused. <laughs> I I think they look and they're going, "Well, we know him. We know what he was like growing up. How did he go from that to being on stages or being an author or being on Larry King or being, you know, anywhere?" I I think they're happy, but I think they're confused. Okay. They're just like, "How did that happen?" <laughs> yeah. The reason I ask is I think it's something that um, a lot of people who succeed share that there can sometimes be a bit of resistance with um, those who you perhaps grew up with, who expected you to to turn yeah. out a certain way. And if, if you do anything different, it can sometimes be, uh, as you said, confusing for them. Confusing. That's a, that's a good insight. You know, Napoleon Hill, who wrote Thinking Real Rich, he said the number one thing that stops people from success is often family and friends. And the reason being is family and friends want to keep the status quo. They want to keep you where they know you are. They want to keep you in a comfort zone that makes sense to them. They also, on maybe some subconscious level, are wanting to protect you. And so when you say, oh, I'm going to go and try this, or I'm going to open this business, or I'm going to invest in such and such, a part of them may be jealous, but a part of them also may be trying to protect you. And what we always have to do is listen to ourselves. The thing that I did that I think helped me, didn't initially help me, but over time it did, is I was born and raised in Ohio, which is a state way up north in the Midwest in the States. And I left early on. I left my family. I left my friends. I left Ohio, got on a bus and went to Texas. Now, by doing so, I ended up homeless because I had no context. I had no family. I had no friends when I got to Texas. And my point being, I intuitively knew I had to leave. I broke the connection with family and friends by getting on that bus and going 2000 miles away. Now, when I got 2,000 miles away, I was totally alone. And that led to those decisions that were disappointing, that led to me being homeless. But because I broke free, I didn't have the chains of judgment coming from them that may have held me back. In general, because you know, I was the firstborn in my family, and I think I was going to do whatever the hell I wanted, and I think they knew it on some level. So even if I stayed, no, I don't think anybody would have stopped me. I was going to be an author. I was destined to be an author. I was going to fight to be an author, whether I stayed in Ohio or got on that bus and went to Texas. So I think my family is confused, but I think they're proud at this point anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Thank you for your honesty. Um, I just find it very interesting when you speak to people who have succeeded massively in their lives to to understand how how those who knew them the most in their younger years, how they mm-hmm. adapt to those changes, because change is scary. Mm-hmm. It's not um, it's not easy. Um, it can sometimes be very exciting and be something that, you know, drives people. But it can also be the thing that that stops people from taking that leap of faith into the unknown, because out of your comfort zone is is a, is a scary place to be sometimes. What advice would you have for people who are a bit scared of change? Well, yeah, that's good. You know, life's going to change anyway. Life's going to change anyway. Whether somebody sits in a corner, or crawls under their bed, or throws the blankets over themselves, life's going to change anyway. So what we want to do is be more conscious and choose the direction we want to go in. If life's going to change anyway, well, let's get up and aim ourselves in the direction we would like to go. And now we have some choice in the matter. Now we feel more empowered. And now, no matter what the outer changes might be, whether a you know, pandemic or anything else, we are in control of our decisions and our direction. So I just advise people to ask, well, the question that the attorney asked me, focused on the future. What do you want in the future? What do you want next? It's the power of intention. And that's one of the things the movie The Secret got right and got out to people is you need to know what you want. What do you want? The power of intention organizes your energy, gives your brain a target, gives you meaning. And metaphysically, you tell the universe, if you will, the cosmos, infinite intelligence, source, whatever the word is, you tell it. Here's where I want to go. So it knows to arrange the world, much like moving around chess pieces, to support you in going in that direction. So the bottom line is life's got to change anyway. Do you want to control the change and aim it in where you would like it to go? Or you just want to be reactive and bounce off whatever gets thrown your way? And it's okay to live your life for you, to make you happy rather than other people in your life. There isn't anybody else you should be living it for. You know, this is more of an advanced concept, and that is the reality that there's only you. There's only you. Everything else, including the other people in the world, they are in some sense a projection from inside of you. And I know I, it may sound like I just jumped off the deep end for a lot of people, but even Carl Jung talked about the rest of the world being mirrors. They're reflecting what's in you. But there's a lot of philosophies out there besides psychology that say it's all a mirage. Whatever you're thinking you're seeing out there are actually aspects that are being projected from inside your own consciousness. So it's all about you. I'm a great believer in giving. One of my books is called Karmic Marketing, which is all about giving, giving money, giving time, giving your sources and everything. And people often make the mistake that when you give, you're doing it because you're caring about the other person. Yeah, you do care about the other person, but what you're getting is the phenomenal great feeling that comes from giving. That's about you. That's about you. So the only person you can really care about is yourself. 
And when you say you care about other people, it's because you're caring about how you feel, you feel about those other people. It all comes back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you. And I know your time is very precious. But before I let you go, um, and ahead of your visit to Ireland, um, you know, you said it there before, you haven't been here before. You, you're, you're, you're trying to get a sense of the people. And I think culturally, we do tend to be very self-deprecating as a people. So can you give us some, mm. some final words of wisdom before we let you go on setting us up for the year ahead? Well, first of all, I want to point out that appreciating yourself, nurturing yourself, being grateful for yourself is not an ego trip. It is a healthy way of having a psychology of appreciation for you, for you as a person. And I'm talking for everybody listening here. They look within themselves and they appreciate who they are. They appreciate what they have. They appreciate what they're doing. They appreciate their possibilities for the new year or anything else, for new relationships, for new wealth, for new attractions, for new discoveries, whatever it happens to be. It's not an ego trip to say, I'm grateful for me. I'm grateful for the gift of life I have, and I'm grateful that I get to express my gift of life through my business, through my work, through my relationships, whatever it is for each different person. It's, it's a wholesome way of being to say, I care about myself. You can be healthy that way. You can pursue your dreams of making a difference in the world that way. You can pursue wealth for yourself and for other people that way. But it all begins by realizing you're good enough, you are loved, and you appreciate your own life because it was given to you as a great gift. Happy New Year. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Uh, wonderful words to wrap up this gorgeous conversation on I'm so grateful to you for your time and those who will be going to the Pendulum Summit are in for a treat no doubt it's on on the 25th and 26th of January you can get tickets on pendulumsummit.com forward slash tickets Dr. Joe Vitale thank you so much for your time I love that I'll see you in Ireland Next week, I speak to the brilliant Jerry Hussey and it's an episode that you won't want to miss. Thank you so much for listening to Ready To Be Real. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.